Look at them, madame. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. Live from the Stamp Show here today, Infotainment Complex. This is the award-winning Stamp Show here today. If you can dream it, we can collect it. By the way, last episode was episode number 420, and we didn't make any jokes. Oh. Brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a nonprofit 501c3 corporation for the advancement of philately. You can support this witless tosh by joining the Stamp Show Here Today community. The cost is only $10 for a lifetime membership. We are an APS-affiliated club. Listen to the end credits for information on joining. This is Cash. This is Mark. This is Albert. And I do want to point out that Mark did not give a title there. I'm all out of titles. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wanted to start off with uh, a fake love stamp. It's the 44-cent love stamp with the purple flowers on it. And I thought it was interesting that this stamp was counterfeited because it's not a forever stamp and it's not current. It's a 44-cent stamp. And so I thought, why are they faking this? Not only that, by the way, but it's one of the easiest stamps to determine the fakes because the fakes are literally like 25% larger. Oh, it's a huge stamp. They they totally got the size of the stamp wrong. Um, Also, I think it's a, yeah, it's a peel and stick. No, they were both, they were, it was a peel and stick. Never mind. But uh, yeah, it's a 44 cent stamp. Something that I kind of was peripherally aware of is that stamps that go on wedding invitations sell at a huge premium. So this 44 cent stamp, you just put two of them on, you overpay the 66 cents, you pay 88 cents. Actually, you're not because you're buying fake ones at half price. But um, the wedding industry loves these stamps and so from an investment standpoint i think i'm going to start looking for these wedding stamps i mean i screwed the pooch yeah you might be too late on this (laughs) well no no i screwed the pooch i bought the droid stamps because i thought star wars was going to be great and then star wars crashed and burned because disney sucks um so now i got a whole bunch of star wars that you know i guess i'll use for postage if I had bought, instead of Star Wars, just s- stupid love stamps, yeah. I would be doubling my money right now. Oh, more than that. I mean, if you would have bought the uh, the the um, Forevers, the one ounce and two ounce um, bouquet stamps, uh, and and you know hoarded those in sheets, you'd be you'd be sitting pretty right now. I know. Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> but I was a Star Wars fan until they destroyed it. Yeah. So may the farce be with you. Oh. Uh, yeah, don't you? You know, there have been, there are hours and hours and hours of videos that you can watch on YouTube about how Star Wars sucks now. So I'm not going to go into it. Just Google YouTube Star Wars sucks and, you know, pick the top 100 videos and watch them. Uh, anyway, so the, we just got in the office the new Scott's catalog for the U.S. And I wish that there was one here for me to go to, but everybody took theirs home in order to read them. So, odd, odd that we should spend so much money and then not read them. 
Well, yeah, that's true. Um, what are they now? Uh, it's a hundred and sixty dollars, I believe. It's a hundred or a hundred and fifty nine ninety nine. Yeah, you save you a penny there. All I know is that for that kind of cost, I'm going to read it. And since we apply, we don't apply it until January one of the new year. Right. Yeah. Well, they claim retail price is one seventy nine ninety nine. Oh, well, we we're special. Yep. <laughs> I mean, we buy them directly from the printer. But the uh, there's two interesting things. One of them is that it's much thinner. Yep. It's much thinner. They took out the proofs in the essays. They took out the United Nations. They took out the stamp grading guide. And what else did they take out? They took out one more. Oh, the uh, can, the uh, can, uh, counterfeits. Counterfeits, yeah. Modern yeah. counterfeits. Modern counterfeits. And I can see why. I mean, originally that was like five pages. Right. And now it's like 100 pages. Yeah, it's its own book. Yeah. Almost every single. Uh, by the way. You have a story on a counterfeit stamp, don't you? Ah, yes, I do. It turns out, and this is this is another head scratcher, uh, almost like the love stamp, but uh, there are counterfeits of the additional ounce yellow bus stamp. Not only are there counterfeits of the sheet version, there are counterfeits of the coil version, <laughs> which came as a, a, a this is a real blow to our our. Uh, Illustrious vice vice president who who loves herself the uh, yellow school bus, but uh, it just you know what what is the what is the motivation of these guys to put the effort to counterfeit an additional ounce stamp? I mean they're just they're just thumbing their noses at us now. Yeah, they are going over the edge. Like I, like I've said before, you know, I think that we're on our way to duplicating what Great Britain is doing. And I think that Great Britain is doing a great job. I think that it is at least bringing attention to it so people don't buy these. But, you know, what can I say? Yeah, well, they, they do operate at a much smaller scale, too. So I think it, in that sense it's easier for them. But um, Oh, it's not. It's I'm, not, I'm, though. I'm really surprised that the post office department doesn't, doesn't take an active part of outlawing any source of the counterfeit stamps that enter this country. Oh, and they're so obvious. I mean, I get an email from Shadow Deals at least once every two weeks. Why haven't these guys been put out of business? Because, I have no clue. Because eventually it's costing us money. Well, we, well, yeah, the post office. I mean, if they were counterfeiting, I mean, Louis Vuitton is having their bags counterfeited. And they're all over the customs and everything else, finding them and rounding them up and not allowing them in the country. But Post office? Nah. Louis Vuitton and Chanel and all those other big labels, they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to pre prevent the, uh, this counterfeiting. And uh, they have investigators all over China, and which is probably where two-thirds of all the counterfeits come from. Oh, yeah. I, I, think, that, I think the post office department ought to do it. I mean... When I was a kid, I read all those all those books about the postal inspectors, and I was thinking, "Gee, <laughs> they really do something. They really do something to protect our mail." Well, oh, I in did. the olden days, you used uh, you cleaned a hundred dollars worth of stamps. They'd throw your ass in jail. Today, you sell a couple million dollars of fake stamps. 
and they go, oh, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's odd. Unless unless the Postal Service is, um, is you know, hell-bent on focusing on packages uh, because we know that uh, first mail, uh, first-class mail uh, has been dropping. Yeah. Um, and maybe they just think, ah, you know, it's it's just going to drop further. So why 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 invest the time and effort to try to protect that kind of ma- that class of mail? Well, I mean, if you go back to you know the broken window theory in um, New York, you do it because you don't want it to grow, right? I anyway, mean, when you don't when you don't protect yourself, I mean, look at all the, look at what happened in San Francisco. All these big stores are clo- clo- closing because oh, they're be- gone because because people were. People were going in and stealing tens of thousands of dollars with it, and even here, and even here in Las Vegas, just across the street at a Lowe's, I'm I'm in the garden department getting some stuff, and a black guy takes a takes that air blower and then runs right out of there, and I'm going and I'm going. I, I wanted to go after him and tackle him, and they said, <laughs> "Don't do that. You're going to get hurt." And I'm going. I, I think that there's something wrong in this country when you can't defend your own property. Yep. Anyway, let, we're getting too political right, here. Yeah. Heavens forbid. Okay, let's go back to the Scott's catalog. So in the beginning of the Scott's catalog, uh, there's a little letter that basically from the editor that says, um, we have reviewed all the prices, and damn, you know, we're really good. <laughs> all our prices are just not on. We're, we are the best price uh, determiner that there is, and uh, all the dealers agree with us. And I'm just going to say that I'm one that doesn't. I think that, again, because their catalog reflects the price of very fine stamps. And the grading, grading has always been important, but now you have numerical grading, so it's sort of put a spotlight on it. I always use as a benchmark U.S. number one. That's that's basically my benchmark. It's a prestige stamp uh, that you know you can track forever because they've always been in auction. And today, the Scott's catalog value of a uh, U.S. number one, I believe, is four twenty-five now. It's four twenty-five, right? Okay, I think it's four twenty-five. If I'm wrong, you know. Send me an email. I haven't gotten enough e- junk emails. So send me more junk emails. And uh, this is for a very fine stamp, which in numerical terms is a grade 80 stamp. Well, if it's a very fine stamp or a grade 80 stamp, however you define it, I don't care. It's a $600 stamp. And there, if you see it in the auctions, you can't buy them now there's no way to make a play on it through the auction catalogs you have to make the play at the stamp shows you have to buy the stamp over the counter because as soon as they enter the auctions everybody knows that they're underpriced um there are a ton of early classics especially the 90 cent and the one dollar values that are terribly underpriced in scott's right now in very fine condition. Well, I, I can offer one um, one defense of Scott Catalog and say that what they're, what they're offering uh, on the very fine is that it is centered very fine, not necessarily graded very fine. Oh, I mean, no, I, I totally agree. That's fine. 
don't have a certificate, don't care. Right. But it is a a very fine U.S. number one will be a stamp with four margins. Four ample margins. Four ample margins. Okay, let, let's throw out the word ample. Just say four margins. A four-margin U.S. number one you cannot buy for $425 unless it's from, you know, a dealer who's maybe knowledgeable or whatever. But if it goes to an auction, you're getting $600, $700 for the stamp. And if it's better, if it's extra fine, you're getting $1,000 for the stamp. So um, the same thing occurs with. Like I said, all the ninety cent and the one dollar values, a one dollar cattle in the storm in very fine condition is underpriced. And a two dollar is way underpriced because they don't come very fine. I mean there's so few two dollars that were actually printed, people don't realize how rare that stamp is. At least in very very fine condition also. Yeah. But but one of the problems with the Scott catalog is, is that it, it doesn't necessarily take into consideration the stamps that we put out. An, at PSC puts out an SMQ because that's what those stamps that, that have been graded here, what they, they bring in the actual auctions. Those are those prices. And those prices are substantially higher than, than what are listed in the Scott catalog. Yeah. Oh, one of the things, and I have spoken with a couple of big auction people. And I'll give a shout out to David Kugel because I had the longest conversation with him. One of the most underappreciated and undervalued stamps are the Washington Franklin coils that are certified and real. There are so few of them and there are so many counterfeits that the counterfeits have just driven the prices of these things way down and actually getting a real one for your collection is difficult, and you will be paying some significant money if you buy the stamp at auction. Which kind of brings me to tips of the week. In Linz, they have a section that's tips of the week. And one of the tips is the uh, 1887 Benjamin Franklin stamp. It's a good buy, I will, whatever, I, you know, that's up or down. But one of the interesting things is that they have a big tip of the week for a stamp from Afghanistan. And the value of a stamp, any stamp, is determined in the country of its origin because that's where the collectors of that stamp are. So for there to be a tip of the week of Afghanistan, you have to be thinking, well, there's, you know, some Afghan collectors who are going to be running to hoover this stamp up. And I don't see that. I mean, dead countries don't do well, and really super poor countries do not do well. And it's interesting that they have a whole big write-up on this of why this is a great stamp. But it's from Afghanistan. Yeah. So, Albert, what crossed your desk this week? Nothing much. I, I had that. We had that RW49A, allegedly purple, purple and orange color missing. That uh, we was discussed on Tuesday at the experts meeting, and uh, we yeah, we have an experts meeting every single Tuesday where we bring but, stuff up to committee. But but uh, we've kind of decided that it that it was exposed to a very high intensity light source to make the color fade. Is that too loud or too long? 
No, you're you're fine. Okay. So uh, I was just looking at it in the last 15 minutes before we were talking, before we started the podcast, and I I wrote a lot of little, I've added a lot of little post-it notes about my comments, but I don't think that it's the color error, and I still don't realize, I'm still not sure whether that color error actually exists, although two were certified in 2011. Well, here's my opinion. I think that it's destined for delisting and having a footnote in Scott's. I do not think it exists for two reasons. First of all, it's relatively easy to fake. All you have to do is put it under UV light and make sure you don't mess the gum up. Because one of the ways you tell is if you put it under UV light for like three months, it'll turn into the error. But nobody has three months to spend. So they put it under intense UV light. And you put it under intense UV light for, you know, a day or two. You cook the stamp, you cook the gum, and the gum sort of gets wavy. Um, The other thing about this is don't think that you're going to grab one of these and run out and do it because it's not UVA, which is shortwave, and it's not UVB, which is longwave. It's UVC, which is, they call it cosmic. So it's not easy to get a UVC light. But if you get a UVC light, you can crank these things out. But good luck in finding one. And if you think that I'm uh, giving everybody, telling all the fakers how to do it, the fakers already know. <laughs> so uh, anything else? I mean, nothing that was, I, I had uh, just um, this afternoon, I had uh, two fake uh, Providence uh, provisionals where the, uh, O of the right-hand inner part of the O is uh, misshapen, as uh, footnoted in Scott. So, and they are both lithographed. The um, Providence uh, provisionals, their real ones, are engraved. And so, even though one had what looked like full original gum, uh, they were they were uh, both uh, El Facos. <laughs> yeah, I think they're a different size too. Yeah, they're a little bit. Yeah. So how about you, Mark? What across your desk? Uh, well, I'll tell you what. But before, I just want to backtrack to the Scott catalog really quick. One of the first things I noticed when I opened it up was uh, I was looking at the um, Forever stamps, and they're all uh, marked at $1.30, except for the last few stamps in the catalog, which uh, went to the 66 rate. They marked those $1.40. And I'm thinking to myself, what's the logic of marking those last two stamps a dollar forty when all the previous forever stamps are also now sixty six cents, so that's just uh, kind of a head scratcher. Yeah, th- just as a note, also they raised all the prices to double face. So if it's a twenty five cent stamp, it has fifty cents. Whereas in the past, you know, you might have had a 40 cent and a 45 in here. Now across the board, it's all double face. 50 cents for a 25 cent stamp. A 75 cent stamp is a buck and a half. They don't even round them off. It's like, you know, you have $6.20 stamps that, you know, have face value of Mm $3.10. And so uh, it's kind of interesting. But yeah, they did raise a lot of prices. Mm. But it's just that sort of stuff yeah so uh what i was going to mention about crossing my desk is one thing you might notice when you go to the post office now it used to be that um 
uh, when you would go to the post office counter and you'd, you'd ship a package or ship, you know, send your mail and have to pay for the, the postage, they would have you click on uh, their, um, their little kiosk device there that says that you acknowledge that you're not shipping anything that's um, uh, potentially hazardous, that type of thing. But they have a new they have a new thing that you have to click on now. Um, so now you have to click two things. The new thing that they have you click on is an acknowledgement. And what it says is, uh, if you knowingly mail items or materials that are dangerous or injurious to life, health, or property, or fail to follow postal laws on mailing hazardous materials in violation of you of 39 USC 318 and 18 USC 1716, you may be liable for, and then they uh, list four things, a civil penalty per violation, refer to 39 CFR 233.12 for values, two, cost of any cleanup associated with each violation, three, damages, and for criminal penalties. And then they repeated in Spanish. And so you have to click continue to <coughs> to uh, uh, to continue on to the next question, which was, are you shipping anything hazardous? So I thought that was kind of interesting. I didn't know what, what 39 CFR is, um, so I had to look it up. It's the Code of Federal Regulations. So there's a whole other thing that you got to read now to, to actually live in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, we, shipping counterfeit, uh, shipping things with counterfeit stamps, we got no problem. But you right. got to clean up whatever mess you make with whatever you mail. Yes. Uh, anything else? Were you going to comment about the uh, stamp, the inexpensive stamp shows um, that they used to have in Houston? Oh, yeah. Uh, shout out to Phil, who we go to lunch with. Um, he brought me a contract for the Houston Philatelic Society from 1973. And uh, just for instance, uh, the Great American Stamp Show, I think those booths were about $1,100 each. Uh, your normal show, uh, stamp shows are anywhere from like $175 to $200 for a one-day show. And... 400 to 500 dollars for a two-day show or a three-day show um guess how much this booth costs in 1973 i read the article so i'm not going to comment <laughs> it was six six dollars six dollars six dollars six now that's inflation six dollars for a booth uh and on that note Happy collecting. We need your help. Nothing on the internet is free, including our phone and internet connections. So you can support the podcast by joining the Stamp Show Here Today Club. The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership. Please include your APS member number as we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. Our brand new spanking address is 5965 Harrison Drive, Suite 6 in Las Vegas, Nevada, 89120. You left out the word glorious. Fabulous. <laughs> because you don't put that on the letter. Oh. Well, you could. You could, yeah. You could, yeah. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, 
Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Knox Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun, but now the time has come to go. If this still cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! <laughs> Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.